Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. I am your host, Greg Solvander. Uh, with me for this episode is Brady Hawk. Tonight's floor plan, we are going to dissect uh, the Miami Heat's victory in Detroit. They came away with a 100-92 to victory and moved to 12-6 and on the season uh, and now have the second-best record in the conference. Um, so ultimately, a positive night, but we want to talk a little bit about um, so kind of alluding to the floor plan, we're going to talk a little bit about the first half woes and then what happened in the first, uh, in the second half that made this, uh, a lot more of a positive, uh, uh, ending for, for the team. But before we get into any of that, um, want to tell you about one of, uh, the great sponsors here at five reasons sports network, and that's prize picks. And this is my favorite daily fantasy app out there. Um, we, uh, do shows with prize picks related to um, the the different uh, offerings that they have because they're so easy. So we feel like it's just so important to go over this. Like they make it so simple. You literally one pick your favorite stars, select two, between two and five players, regardless of sports. So you can mix NFL, NBA, um, any of the different sports that you like. Uh, you choose their over under. So prize picks will set their uh, single stats or their fantasy stat totals. You choose over or under, and then you watch your players win. The more you pick correctly, the more money you win. You can stack guys together, three picks, four picks, um, do flex plays, power plays. So it's, it's a great, really fun twist, especially for anybody who's in a season log fantasy football league and is out of the mix and maybe not going to be trending to the playoffs. If you drafted all these guys that got injured uh, and they're no longer available, you can go to prize picks and play with your favorite players. But when you go there, make sure to use the promo code five. That's F I V E. It, when you use that code, they will automatically double your deposit uh, up to $100. So they will match that deposit. You'll have that much more money to play with. Um, I, I would encourage you, throw 20 bucks down, see how you like it. I am I am hooked, sold. Uh, DM me for any prize picks tips. I'm always available for that. And check out our show, Prize Picks on 5. Again, the code is F-I-V-E. And um, so as we get into this topic, what the heck is going on in the first halves, Brady? Like, so this is six games now that they haven't got 47 points or more in a first half. The shooting splits are disgusting. I, I, I overheard them on the broadcast and I think it was something like they're shooting 25% in the first half from three Brady, just from your X's and O's basketball perspective, like what are you seeing that's leading to this? Is it just complacency? Is it a veteran team that's a, just a slow starter? Um, that, tell me what you're seeing with these slow starts because they're reoccurring now. Yeah, I think the easy answer is just three-point shooting just because the shots aren't falling. Uh, but to go deeper into that, I feel like the first half was just a lot of poor spacing. It's almost like the fourth quarter in Washington. Like we're kind of repeating that, but talk about the first half of this one where it was a lot of Jimmy uh, doing his thing. A lot of guys standing around 
and to kind of bounce off of that, I feel like the one thing that, that kind of catches my eye is that this team is like almost uh, taking turns, it feels like at, at times. And it's kind of equals out to their slow starts where like Jimmy has a big first quarter, which is great. But the rest of the team had as many points as he did at that point. Uh, you've had other games where Kyle has a big fourth quarter against the Clippers, but nobody else is really there. Tyler's had its moments. Bam has had his moments. It just feels like they haven't had like a full 48 minutes where everybody's just kind of blending together, which I think will come along as the season. You know, that's one of the things I'll progress as the season goes on, just because this is, you know, early on, they're going to work on it. But I feel like that's a major thing. I think that's kind of going on to the offensive issues. You just kind of guys switching on and off. Jimmy kind of did his thing. I think the reason why they were able to kind of come out of that stuff was because of the free throw shooting, like being able to get to the line. Like if they weren't able to battle through that, stay in the mud, get down there, get to the charity stripe, like they wouldn't be where they were. Uh, and I think the other thing is defensively, as we talk about what they were doing there, the soft switching, like it was almost like they're just totally reverting back to last season. Like we talk about uh, the issues they had back then, but they did that last season because of the roster that they had around them. Like they had to soft switch almost because the guys couldn't fight through screens. Now they're on a team that guys can fight through screens like PJ Tucker, Kyle Lowry. They don't have to soft switch. And it almost feels like the Pistons were able to just pick whoever they wanted to defend them on any given possession. Like they didn't have to set a hard screen. It was just, just come up. We'll pick the defender. We'll retreat the ball out and we're just going to go. Uh, and it was just, that's just not a good way to work. They were just being able to get, you know, they're not a big team, but they were able to get their biggest player on Kyle Lowry time and time again. Uh, and the zone was just kind of fixing that little by little. Uh, with Kayla Martin and, and Gabe Vincent up top. So they kind of fixed that a little bit, but there was still so many miscues there. Uh, and then obviously the second half kind of turned that around, but it just felt like the first quarter was just a lot of just negative things happening all at once that they couldn't get anything going. Uh, I think it was Will Manso said they just looked tired and which I agree with, like they just did not look like they were energetic at all. And it feels like as we talk about Tyler Hero later, he kind of had brought the energy that they needed and kind of got them going. Yeah, I know. And that's, that tired comment, it struck me because they're on two days rest, you know, and, and like, so I start to think about um, the way that they're starting games. And if, uh, you know, like you're seeing uh, in quotation marks next to these questionable tags on these players illness. And it's like, what the hell is that that's going around the locker room and how is it impacting the team? Um, I, I, that that's something that struck me because these, these starts are just, uh, I expected that um, that that the slow starts would be few and far between just because a veteran group tends to be uh, centered to start a game and they're not as scattered. And it's just been an interesting uh, push pull. But ultimately, they did come out of it. And you touched on at the very end of what you said, something that I want to dive into now before um, we kind of transition to the more positive side, because um, there's two things. One. Uh, I I'd love your perspective on how the hell Detroit can't hit threes all season. And in the, I know it was in the first quarter, there was a point where they had had seven made threes to Miami's one. I think Duncan finally splashed one there and got, got the heat on the board and then kept his consecutive games with one three point streak alive. But like, it seems like the plan is to give, to give teams open shots. Is it, is it as simple as, you just hope that these bad teams are not going to make them. And that's just how heat fans need to accept that the way that they're going to defend the three point shot. Is there something they could be doing differently? One. So there's the one question file that away. Actually, you know what? 
let, let's talk about that first before we go into the next one, because I think there's going to be a lot more to unpack with the next part of it. So the three point shot, how can they stop that from happening? I don't know how they can stop it from happening, because like you said, I feel like a lot of it is just they're going to give up threes. Maybe they're not going to be the best threes at times, but they're going to give up good threes. And a lot of times you get to these type of teams like the Pistons the random scrub heat killers, let's say, are going to get a bunch of threes because they're going to try to cut off a guy like Jeremy Grant, which for some reason always kind of gives some buckets to Miami. <laughs> like he did it last season. He was still getting early early. Uh, but they just kind of have to do that, and I think it leads to that. I think also going back to the tired comment, like it seemed like they were just – their feet were kind of glued to the floor where they weren't – rotations weren't as crisp as they usually are where I felt like they were swinging the ball well. Uh, as we talked about before the game, they're a young team that can – you know, move the ball pretty well. It's not like they can, can't put the ball in the basket a ton, but they can move it around. Um, so I feel like that's just equaling it out as well. They're going to give it up, like, no matter what, but it just feels like these type of games and the soft switching, I feel like, relates back to it as well. Like, if you're going to soft switch, like, I feel like they just had to fight through the screens and just stay on them when they pulled up for those threes. They were getting a ton of them through those pick and rolls where they were just setting a screen, just pulling up immediately because they were kind of sagging back on the switch because they just kind of, Bam's just predicting it. PJ's just predicting it. If they would just fight through like they can, like we know they can, I feel like they could probably push them to the rim. And that's ultimately what you want when you have such great weak side defenders who can slide over uh, and do all the things that they do. And obviously, I think it's especially in the Deadman minutes, if we're going to talk about, because we talked a lot about Deadman positively, but he's had issues where defensively he's not able to move too much. Like if you're going to try to maximize Deadman on the floor in those minutes, you've got to try to push the guys towards the rim so he can try to stand in front of you. Uh, just kind of mess things up a little bit, trying to take him out and, and lure him out to the three-point line is just not where you want him to be. Uh, so it just feels like it's got to be tending to your personnel. Like you got to be able to, the, the whoever they have on the floor, you got to go to. Maybe at times you can soft switch, but certain lineups and certain teams like this Detroit team, you just have to just fully commit to what you're good at. And when you have four all defensive team players on the court at the same time, you kind of just have to go with it. So do you think the soft switching is conserving energy like they're like they're taking into account? Like, does does that have anything to do with it? Is it the easy way out to do that soft switching or is it actually harder to play I, that I, way? Because I, I feel like there's being... an element of it that like if you're fighting through those things, it does require a little bit more oomph and like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. And so like there's a part of it that, that I'm thinking, are they managing stamina of these veterans by doing by sprinkling some of that in um am i completely overthinking it uh so 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 that's one thing that i guess um I, i'd like your perspective on but but before we um even touch on that you mentioned gabe vincent and i want to talk about this because you brought it up pre-show and it didn't even occur to me that this happened all game and i am a max Struess guy he didn't play he wasn't part of the rotation gabe got the minutes well, what is up with that? Like, I, I didn't expect it. I guess Gabe had some positive parts of his game tonight. Um, but ultimately, to play in front of Struess, that was surprising to me. Brady, what did you make of it? Yeah, I feel like the main reason why we could pick from it. First of all, I think when we, people were bringing up Kayla Martin, like you just mentioned, I, first of all, I was like, Gabe Vincent was the guy who took his minutes. Like, Kayla Martin's earned his minutes, especially against this small team. He's playing the four. So it just felt like that was pretty clear. Uh, but the reason for Gabe Vincent had to be because they basically revolve a whole defensive scheme around him almost. Like the 2-2-1 two, two, press into the 2-3 zone. That might have been the longest they've gone to it for like 
straight minutes. Like they did not give it up. They were just kind of kept going to it because it was kind of working, at least slowing them down because this is a team that likes to get down the floor and kind of beat you down. Uh, they had to slow them down. So basically Detroit was getting down the court with probably like 15 seconds left in the shot clock and had to set up and it kind of, you know, messed some things up. So obviously that just seemed like one element, but I will say at the beginning of this game in the first half, when they're just not able to hit threes and they're not able to even get them up really, it just felt like Max Schroes should have been on the floor. That was before even Duncan Robinson got going a little bit. It just, that really did surprise me. Uh, and in a zone, Max Struess could be useful, like maybe not at the top of the key, but he's a positionally sound defender where you feel comfortable with him at the bottom of the zone. And also we know what he gives you offensively. So maybe uh, I'm sure Spolsch will be asked about it after the game that maybe it was something with him. Maybe he didn't feel right, but maybe it was just a decision. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Maybe based on the rotation, based on the matchup that they didn't like, but it just feels like we won't see many of these going forward. When they have a healthy roster, it just feels like Morris uh and Schroes are going to be in there and Caleb Martin's going to be that extra guy because both of them especially Caleb Martin continues to give them really good minutes like just rebounding wise he's just everywhere uh he's getting loose balls he had a clutch three like a big time three to kind of get them going which was actually probably one of the bigger shots of the game I think they were down 12 and he hit a three to kind of cut it to nine it kind of switched everything before Tyler got going like so that stuff is huge for a two-way player. Like that's a two-way player making those, those uh, shots. And that's what we saw Max Struess do before. We saw Gabe Vincent make big moves defensively last season. They're ultimately they earned them a contract. So it's just interesting to see this. The more we say it, the more it feels like he's going to be on the roster uh, for more than a two-way contract by the end of the season. Yeah. And I continue to call that, that the minute that they, ha that his prorated uh, portion of the veteran minimum is under what they have in luxury tax space, they're going to convert that contract to a, to a standard deal, no doubt. And you're right. Like pre-show just for everybody. So they see how the sausage is made on five on the floor um, that uh, I, I came into the show and I'm like, Oh my gosh, Caleb is just swallowing up Max Struess's minutes and, um, and Brady, keenly corrected me and was like no that was those were Gabe minutes and, and he's so right about that um and, and I think that that's an interesting thing to watch going forward and I'm interested to hear we're, we're obviously not on the zoom calls because we're doing this podcast now but um, I'm interested to hear if Spo gets asked about it uh so so that was kind of I guess we we went over the, the the negative side of this and the cool part about this game is that it ended positively and there were some really good things to take from the second half so that's where we're pivoting next but before we do I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the uh five reason sports network and five on the floor in particular and that's CPT of South Florida CPT of South Florida has provided small and medium businesses with the technology they need for decades. They specialize in cloud hosting phone systems and managing IT. If you own a small or medium business and are looking to save money on your monthly phone and internet costs, you should give TJ. TJ, he's at CPT of South Florida. Give him a call right now. He's been helping South Florida businesses save thousands per month, and he can do the same for you. With a cloud phone system, you can work from anywhere on any device. So for a free 
in-person consultation, call TJ at 954-966-2766. Again, that's TJ at 954-966-2766. If you call now, there's a promotion and that's right now. So make sure you give him a call. It includes 25% off cloud phone servicing, include free phones um, and your first two months of service free. I mean, that's a super deal. Uh, so deal with the owner, not a sales rep. Give TJ at CPT a call, 954-966-2766, or visit his website at cpt-florida.com. You can also find him on Twitter at CPT South Florida, and he's tagged in a lot of the Five on the Floor and Five Reasons Sports podcast tweets uh, there as well. Um, so to the good part of this game, the second half. Things changed. We have key takeaways. One, let's all acknowledge our friend Duncan Robinson, although in limited minutes, shot 50% from three. We're going to take that as a victory here on five on the floor. And this is the big one. And, um, and I started to, to, and I tweeted about this, and I'm feeling it more and more as I watch this team. Uh, Tyler Hero is the most gifted offensive player on this roster, and there is nobody even close. Um, and that includes Jimmy Butler. When I talk about just sheer gifted offensive ability Tyler Hero is doing things that are as polished as any player that's put on a Miami Heat uniform um and and it's it's incredible to watch I mean tonight 12 of 21 31 points off the bench four of eight from three adds eight rebounds he's always rebounding up for his position ultimately I just can't say enough about this kid um so I shall not wax poetic any further. Brady, give me the X's and O's part of what you saw from Tyler in the second half, because you talked about it. He spearheaded a comeback and um, something that this team needed. And that's to show that kind of resiliency and to see it from a young player like Tyler be the catalyst for that, I think is huge. But what did you see just on the floor from Tyler tonight that impressed you? Yeah, starting with the first half when he first came in, I think the interesting thing is you know, we know they have Kyle, they have Bam, they have Jimmy, but they go through the, the rotation of he plays with Jimmy at first and then they rotate in and it's Kyle, Bam, and Tyler. They just immediately look to Tyler and it's the offense was just absolutely horrific at that point and they could not get anything going. And even Kyle, how he's the ultimate setup guy offensively is just finding Tyler and just saying, you be the setup guy, you go and look for a bucket and you go and score. And it just felt like he was the bailout guy and the team just looked so much more comfortable when he had the ball in his hands, which I feel like is the one question we had with him coming into the season. Like, we knew he was a talented scorer. We knew the things he could do. But could he be comfortable enough? Could he control a game when he had the ball in his hands next to these type of guys? And he did that. Um, looking at the second half, as you said specifically, just the shot making, I think, is the main part. Like, him to just be able to take those shots. He was not knocking down two straight threes. Just being able to, first of all, take those shots and feel comfortable to take those in stride. And we know how people feel about the pull-up threes at times, but he takes it at the end of the games, and it always feels much more comfortable late in the fourth. Uh, but we're just seeing things in half court, carving out defenses in a way that I really didn't expect coming into the season. Like him being able to get to his spots, and it's something I talked about with Bam before, how he was kind of picking his spots in the middle of the lane. Tyler's doing it everywhere. Like it's not just one spot on the floor that Tyler's looking for, because that's an, e that's an easier thing to do at that level, but when you're able to kind of read a defense and slide to the baseline and curl back into the elbow, keep going to the basket and step back to the three, like it just felt like he's reading it at a completely different level than he did last season. Uh, and you combine that with him actually making these shots and shooting a way better percentage on catch and shoot threes uh, and averaging, you know, 
way over 20 points a game right now. Like this stuff he's doing is just pretty incredible. 31 points tonight. Uh, and it, obviously eight rebounds. Like he was just doing everything kind of, and it, you know, three, I think seeing three assists is weird because I feel like he probably had the most potential assists. If you yeah, looked up that stat, assists, because right. Right. Cause it felt like he was just setting everybody up, but a lot of the times they just weren't making it, but he was really taking over this game in both halves, but obviously the fourth quarter being able to be down, I think, I think 12 probably was the most they were probably down at that point, but him able to just bring them back single-handedly. Like I said before, it just felt like a game when they looked tired, they looked like they just weren't in it at all. He was engaged the entire game and it felt like him being engaged kind of just brought everybody up with him. And it led to Deadman hitting that, getting that big dunk and it kind of just got everybody going. It just feels like him being able to be this leader type player at such a young age, combining that with the scoring, it's just, it's really just an elite, type of skill yeah no i'm with you there and the other thing about tyler is i noticed that detroit was trying to rough him up this is a this is a reoccurring thing too teams are saying okay we're gonna see he he got in the weight room let's push him around a little bit and i saw that from him and i even saw tyler like glance at the bench a couple times and glance at back at a couple players they're getting physical with him and so another encouraging takeaway here is that he fought through that kind of stuff tonight. And eventually, as he started to get into his offense and feeling himself in that second half, it proved that he was just basically toying with folks. So um, I, I think that this was a, a, a big progress victory. It's weird, like a game in Detroit on a Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Like, are we really going to put that much emphasis on it? Um, truthfully, I am. I think that this was a victory that they needed. They needed a game like this where they faced adversity, got slapped in the mouth and came back and won. Um, looking ahead quickly. So this is like, um, I just want your quick takeaway here. Uh, as we look ahead to Minnesota, this is a team that shoots a ton of three pointer pointers. They, uh, are really good at defending the, the, at defending the rim. Um, and they're on a four game maybe five game, four game winning streak. So, th so they're playing well, Brady, what are you looking going into this back-to-back -back? Uh, all of the starters played tonight? I would hope they would try to replicate that, but I'm a little worried that they may try to rest a couple guys because they got one. So what are you looking for just, um, you know, in, in, in a minute or less uh, for tonight's game at Minnesota or tomorrow's game at Minnesota? Yeah. The reason I don't think that they will rest is just because before this game, I said that, Bam and Jimmy would probably be sitting for the final eight minutes of this game because I thought it was going to be them just winning by that much. And they almost ended up sitting the final eight minutes anyway, even though they were winning because Spolstra does that thing where the lineups are rolling and he's playing Gabe Vitz and Caleb, Minute, Caleb, Caleb Martin down the stretch of a game like that. So them getting that rest down the stretch, I know they still ended up with 31, 35 minutes. Uh, it just feels like they're going to play. And if anybody's going to sit, it's not going to be Jimmy Butler against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, that just feels like a game, a second night of a back-to-back. -back. Obviously, after that, they have two nights off. So that's another thing to take into consideration. It, that just feels like a big-time Jimmy Butler game. Like, we talk about them protecting the rim. Jimmy Butler, Butler is still going to just plow his way through there. He's still going to get to the rim, especially tonight, because he didn't really uh, have the most efficient night. Like, he was getting to the free throw line a ton. And I, like I said before, he was getting them going. But he always kind of bounces back from the tough efficiency nights with a big one. And – it being Minnesota following this game just makes it even funnier that that's the game he's following. Uh, so I just kind of want to see that. And I also want to see Tyler heroes consistently because we know that he doesn't, hasn't had many off nights this season uh, coming off a 31 point night 
it's just starting over for him. Every time he's done it, it's nothing. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He just stays so mellow that he can continue through. And that's the interesting part about this. Like, see the emergence of Tyler Hero. Uh, we talk about him taking a leap. Like this is a major leap just because of the consistency and the level he's playing at and the way he keeps doing it. Uh, so I just want to see that again tomorrow night. And I think this, you know, would be a good way to end off uh, this little West Coast run, uh, you know, obviously before Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And I'm interested to see how they start out on Cat uh, and how they start, uh, who they put PJ on. It's like, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to watch Anthony Edwards play. Um, that's probably PJ's matchup. Um, yeah. And so that's what, like, I was just going to ask you if you thought that they would go there. Cause that's interesting that they would put him uh, on a player that athletic and that just speaks to PJ's versatility. And you're right with the two days before the Chicago game. Uh, and the fact that they just had two days off, they should really be able to go. So I, I agree with you. I'm aligned with you that they should probably play guys. So I retract my statement that maybe guys will sit. I hope everyone does play. Um, because then they get the two days off, as you referenced. Um, Chicago will be on the fourth game in three nights, second night of a back-to-back when uh, Miami comes gets to Chicago. So that's going to be an interesting matchup uh, that we're looking ahead to. But Minnesota's on the docket tomorrow. Uh, Heat beat Detroit tonight by ten or by eight. Uh, Tyler Hero is a bucket. Thank you for joining us. Good night. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.